0: Hi, this is Andrew, and this is Keynote, the daily now.tv chat show with some of the world's leading thinkers and writers. Hello, everybody. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, we did a great show with an English philosopher, an economist called da- Daniel Chandler. There's a new book out. It's called, uh, excuse me, I'm gonna cough. (coughs) It's called Free and Equal. What would a fire society look like? And it's built around the philosophy of John Rawls, the great American philosopher, whose famous book, A Theory of Justice, is premised on the idea that we never quite know what good or bad luck will occur in our own life. It's built on what Rawls calls a veil of ignorance his an original position that suggests that since we never quite know how things are going to work out in our life we might be victims of either good or bad fortune uh, we want to treat others well uh, because we want ourselves to be treated well this idea of Chandler and Rawls occurred to me when I was looking at um a new book by my guest today, Emma uh, Nadler. Uh, She has a new book out. It's called The Unlikely Village of Eden. It's not a book about politics or society or John Rawls or Daniel Chandler, but it is a book about how to respond to fortune, particularly ill fortune in a sense. Emma is joining us from a home in minneapolis minnesota emma congratulations on the new book i'm Thank you. i suspect that uh, you've never been compared to john rawls have you are you familiar with his work
1: i i am somewhat and this is the first time
0: so do you get my point uh, your book is not dealing with political philosophy or theories of justice but it deals with the issue of luck, which we moderns are always uncomfortable with, because I think most of us don't like the idea of thinking ourselves as victims of things we can't control. But is it fair to say that your new book, which is a kind of memoir about your own uh, experience, um, is a book about luck and how to respond to it?
1: I think it is fair to say that. I think it's about chance, which might be just a permutation of luck and about the unexpected things that happen. It's about when life doesn't go to plan and it features some of the hardest uh, pieces of that for me and what my family experienced. And then also some... Moments of random chance encounters with people that we ended up meeting that were incredibly powerful and amazing and really benefited our family as well.
0: So tell me the story. It's it's a kind of memoir, the unlikely village of Eden. It's it's a nicely um, nicely titled book. What why why, uh, why is Eden unlikely, Emma?
1: Well she she is unlikely because she has a rare genetic deletion and it's what that means is that sorry to jump in you was, might
0: explain who emma yeah. is i oh, sorry who yeah, eden yeah. is
1: absolutely so um, so my daughter eden was born with a rare genetic deletion and what that means is that she is missing DNA and it's a significant amount of genetic coding. And so you don't need to be a geneticist to understand that that's gonna have a significant impact on functioning. And so um, when she was seven months old, we found out that that this was the case. Uh, we did not know um, before she was born that that she was going to have these challenges and so she um, she has experienced developmental delays and various medical challenges including a life on a feeding tube so far and autism and so many things i'm not going to really take all our time talking about it but she's had a challenging road and so that piece was really unlikely and well more than that unexpected As well for us.
0: We've done many shows on parenting, mostly about how to be a good parent. We even did a show with uh, another writer, Beth Barron, on how to divorce responsibly as a parent and share the family home after the marriage ends. Your book, I guess, in some senses, is about how to be a responsible parent in the face of the bad luck, if that's the right way of putting it. Uh, of, of of life not going to plan,
1: yeah. And I don't know, I don't know if I would if I would characterize it as 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 bad luck. Although my daughter has really she's suffered, and and in that way it has been very difficult. Um, and so yeah, it's a it's about parenting and it's about grief and and trying to make a good life even when things are difficult and trying to have some fun. So there's like dance party scenes. I go to Coachella. Um, it's not a motherhood as martyrdom story. It's not about giving up myself for my daughter. I, I noticed when I, when I needed this book when I got my daughter's diagnosis, there wasn't the book that I was looking for. There were many books about a mother sacrificing everything for their child. And I wanted to be a good mom. I, I still wanna be a good mom, but I also wanna be a good enough mom and I wanna have a life and I want to, I have things I wanna do and, and I wanna be there for my children and I also wanna be a whole person. And I, I really wanted to see that in a book and I wanted it to be funny. So that's what that's what motivated me to write this is because I I didn't quite see myself reflected in the stories that I had that I had read so far.
0: The book comes with some very impressive blurbers, including Adam Grant, who's one of the top writers in this sphere. What were you trying to do in the book? Is it a memoir? Is it a book for other parents? Is it a book about fate?
1: It is a memoir. It's just a full-on memoir that is about when life does not go to plan. And so I dedicated it to, for everyone who thought it would be one way and then it wasn't. And I hope that it has that universal appeal beyond just parents and caregivers of people who had a vision for their life, thought it would be a certain way, perhaps were we're very optimistic and planful. And then um, there's a Yiddish saying, we plan, God laughs. And I think regardless of your stance on God, um, people can relate to that. That often in life, there's something we thought would be one way, and then, and then it turned out to be different.
0: Yeah, I like that phrase, we plan, God laughs. Uh, it, it suggests that we moderns are uncomfortable when things don't go to plan, why why is that? Is it because, as I suggested at the beginning, we like to imagine at least we control our own fate?
1: I, I think that's a part of it. Um, definitely. I certainly w- wanted to control and still do and still long for control. I think there's evolutionary pieces here around wanting certainty, we wanted to know when the saber-toothed tiger was coming into the village so that we could protect ourselves. I think there's something about, you know, evolution and coming to this point where we do want some certainty in life. And when we don't have it, we we desperately crave it.
0: Did your experience and the writing of the book, did it did it make you more, more spiritual? I mean, this phrase we plan, God love, suggests a rather distant god an old testament god a god who isn't intimate with us did it trigger your rethinking of what religion could or should be
1: that's a great question i think it triggered my rethinking on almost everything it re it it definitely triggered me to think more about the relationships in my life and helped me grow closer to some people and farther apart from others. And in terms of the spiritual question, yeah, I I think it made me a more spiritual person. In a very broad sense, this book is not a traditional anything. So people who do or don't resonate with um, God or spiritual themes. I think we'll still find interest in this.
0: Your day job um, is as a psychotherapist. Did your experience reshape your thinking about what psychotherapy should shouldn't be, and and and, and, and the very idea of the science of psychotherapy or any kind of science in fact?
1: I think it was the best CEU's continuing education units that I probably got was going through this experience. I would not recommend that as a CEU program, but this is the one I've got. And every therapist I know, I think has their own since we're people. We each have our life course that we that we have to go through and that hopefully makes us a better therapist. And because I think really being a good therapist is about, well, it's about paying attention and, and deeply listening and understanding who you're working with and helping them, I think reflect on what they want. But also I think it's about, um, I, I think that being a good therapist is also about knowing you don't have all the answers and um, and being really curious. So this prepared me, I think even more, to walk alongside people. I really thought I was empathetic before I had Eden, and, and, and I'm sure I, I was, but, but now I feel like, okay, I know what it's like to really sit with grief in a way that I don't know if I could have understood totally before.
0: Hillary Clinton, of course, famously talked about the village in terms of it being our reality. When you talk about the unlikely village of Eden, how do you use this word or concept of the village to apply to your daughter Eden?
1: It isn't the kind of village where we have like a town square. Um, Feels like those days have passed, at least for most of us. The village that we created came over time and came because of the need we had and the difficulty of caregiving and how I learned to ask for help. And so we built, and it's an unlikely village because there's some likely people in it, like my family, my parents are a part of that village and they've been so generous and present with us and we're very lucky to have them. But then there were people we met along the way, um, including a chance encounter from my supervisor's um, sister-in-law. So I was, I was fortunate enough to, well, to ask for help, which is something I learned how to do. And one day I was sitting in my office. This was, I worked for a decade um, at, a, at a Jewish nonprofit and I was a therapist there. And I was sitting with my supervisor clutching my daily planner with my appointments, trying not to cry. And Eden, my daughter had been in and out of the hospital and I didn't have any care for her. And I sat there and I said, I don't know if I'll be able to continue. I don't know how I'm going to be able to keep this work going. My daughter needs me. And I, I would love to find someone to help us. Um, and, and she she shared with me that, that her sister-in-law, a nurse was looking for something. And she said, if I didn't connect you, I would always wonder what if I did. And so she took this giant leap of faith. Um, Luckily we had known each other and had that trust for some years. So she was able to trust me with that connection, but, she took a chance on me and our family, and that led to a really deep and caring connection with her, with Julie, who's a nurse, and then her husband, who've become our our extended family and are still really core in our lives, and um, others, friends and neighbors, who we were also able to connect connect more deeply with through, um, and as the years went on.
0: Emma, do you think that? Good and bad luck come together that all too often something that is unexpected results in something else unexpected, although sometimes that unexpectedness is more like wishful thinking. It sounds like to me that you had a lot of good luck on top of stuff that wasn't what you really wanted in the first place, at least.
1: Yeah. I think there's so many things we could talk about in this. I really like this question because first of all, I think about good and bad. And I think about that binary. And I think rarely are things that clear cut. Like rarely is something, or at least that I've experienced all good or all bad. I think there's so many shades in between of what it can be. And that's been my experience. So that's one thing I'm thinking about. Um, The other thing I'm thinking about is that luck definitely was and is definitely is a part of life. Um, I think the other pieces, though, are about what do you do with what you've been given? I think that part of the reason I got to find the people that I found was because I asked for help and I was open to it. That also means I still got the luck to find the people that were great. So there is still luck in that. I'm certainly not saying I'm in charge here because I really don't think, and I know that I'm not, but I think we have choice is what I want to say. So I think we have chance and I think we have choice. And I think when we use our choices to our best abilities and we, continue to try things, even when things are incredibly difficult, I think that we can sometimes have better outcomes or at least statistically increase the chances that things might feel better.
0: In a sense, then, is this a book about agency? Um, The ancients had a phrase, fortune favours the bold, which um, uh, Pliny the Younger, Uh, a Roman writer uh, accredited to his uncle Pliny the Elder it's certainly something that the Stoics have uh, embraced doesn't necessarily mean violence but it does mean that we have to act and that agency is critical and particularly perhaps today in the 2020s when we're faced with smart machines a lot of us don't feel confident or capable of action
1: I do think agency is a message of the book and I also think that chance is too that difficult things really happen and that it isn't up to us and that we're not in control and I think it's all wrapped up in there I don't I don't know if there's there's one central message but I think everything we're talking about is a part of the story
0: maybe there's a uh, some words missing from 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 that phrase you introduced earlier, Emma. we plan God laughs and then perhaps we laugh back.
1: <laughs> I hope we laugh back. I really do. I try to laugh back. And I think that's a really that's a really big part of our story is to find the humor. and when you read this, you you know, as listeners read this, I think you'll find that. There's there's a lot of humor because that's what helps me get through. So I really like what you just added um, about we laugh back because I hope that we laugh back and I hope that we laugh together because I think it makes the day easier.
0: And in a sense, I think your book and, and what you're trying to, su- to say suggests that laughter and crying are in many ways the same thing or they go together.
1: Yes, they both give us a release of the stress that we carry. And, and I think they both have their place. They have their place in, in everyday life. I think they have their place in psychotherapy. Um, I think they have their place in, in all of our relationships and the way that we connect because it's what it is to be human. So absolutely, I, I agree. There's, there's despair in this book. It is, it's not a, it's not a light read, but there is much lightness within it.
0: Do you think this has made you ultimately a better psychotherapist dealing with other people's misfortune, their grief, their unhappiness?
1: I hope so. I hope that it has. It seems funny to say that it definitively has. Um, But I think just getting older helps too, I think for me um just getting more experience with people and um and it's great work i mean getting to to really see people for who they are and and getting that glimpse into someone's humanity is i mean it's powerful stuff
0: let's end with eden um the subject of your new book the unlikely village of eden how old is she now
1: She's almost eight years old.
0: And um, will she ever be able to read this? How How's her comprehension?
1: She's actually a really great reader. Um, she's such a surprising kid. Um, she has some really incredible strengths. And she's she also has a great, all the great dance moves. She knows the title to most and lyrics to most pop songs. And she can read. Um, that's that's one of the things she she does well. Will she be able to read this memoir, something this dense, and understand it? I don't know. And this is part of the long line of not knowing that we've lived with. So I'm not sure if she would ever be able to to parse out more of these complex subjects and conversations um right now things are more literal for her um so i'm i don't know
0: would you like her to read it to be able to read it and and understand it is it written in a sense for her
1: Hmm. well it's not not for her um it's i think it's more i think it's more um well, I think it was geared more towards people who who have that experience of thinking life is going to be one way and then it isn't. But yeah, if she wanted to read it, I would want to read it with her and I would want to talk about all the different parts with her and talk about her experience and use it to connect.